You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, y'all? CHGO Bulls Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you for the second time? We back for the first. That makes sense. Trust me. I am Big Dave. Follow me at Bow Sports. This young man over here, always perfectly quaffed and perfectly grown, is Will the Goat Gottlieb. Will underscore Gottlieb is where you follow him at. On the ones and twos, as usual, DJ Joey Spathis. Follow him at Joey Spathis, a.k.a. Joey1K. Are you at 1100? Are you still... Dealing with the dealing with the thousand. No, still in the thousands. You okay. know, took the summer off Twitter, so <laughs> true. Yeah, the ten we go. Me too, right, honestly. Right. I'm you too? I'm taking the summer off Twitter. Taking the summer off? The tweets will be flying time. come October second. Oh, he's gonna be on fire. Can't wait for that, ladies and gentlemen. Tweets will man. be tweeting. Exes will, will be exing. <laughs> Exes will be exing. Well, reposting will be reposted. Is that what it is now? Reposting? That's uh, still tweets. All right, we'll it's, it's still tweets. It's Twitter to me. All right. As long as I can put this out and, and have fun with y'all, it's a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, what would you say? Yeah, oh, my God. Do you see how many likes my ex got last night? <laughs> I would be confused. I'd be like, why are you talking about your ex, dog? How many exes my ex got? Yeah, I'd be like, why your ex got? Everything is ex. Everything is ex. It's all ex. Everything is everything. Ex oh, everywhere. my God. Will Goatlieb reaxed my ex? Oof. <laughs> you reaxed his ex, Goat? I'm your ex? <laughs> I got three exes. Because I'm big. Y'all y'all ain't catch that? Okay. All right. Let's go. Over the head. Over, over the head right there. Over the head. Some bars right there for you, man. But coming up, guys, we got a lot to get into about these Chicago Bulls. We're going to talk about which starter and which bench player have the most to prove this upcoming season for the Chicago Bulls. One answer might be typical. One answer may not be. But I would love to hear from y'all in the comments as well who you feel it should be also. But before we get into all of that, We've got some news, Will the Go Gottlieb. We've we got some news. We sure do. And as I hinted at just before, the Bulls have announced that Media Day, the official start of the NBA season for the Bulls, is going to be held on October 2nd. Very Hooray! exciting. It's happening. Huzzah! A little bit later than usual. Typically, the last week of September, they're pushing it to the first week of October. Mm -hmm. But that will be held at 11 a.m. at the Advocate Center. We'll hear from... Uh, EVP of Basketball Operations, Arturis Karnaschovas, Billy Donovan, and some players will be made available to the media. Following that, mm -hmm. on October 3rd, the Bulls will head to Nashville, Tennessee mm. to have training camp for five days at Belmont U University through October 7th. That's a Saturday. And mm. then 
On Sunday, October 8th at noon Central Time, the Bulls head to Milwaukee to face the Milwaukee Bucks for the first preseason game. We are just about a month away from the Bulls playing a basketball game. Very excited. That's about crazy. This. First this, of all, this I, summer has felt so long. I like your arena voice. First of all, he's like, "We're going in to Milwaukee <laughs> to play the Milwaukee Bucks." And I'm like, "Now, right?" I'm digging that. That's pretty good. But that is exciting, though, man. I'm ready for basketball. But talking to Chuck yesterday mm-hmm. actually made me really excited mm, for I'm this glad. season. It really did. He was he was hyping me up. I'm glad Chuck put a smile on anybody. He really can. That man knows the game. He didn't listen to our show yesterday. Go back, watch it. Chuck Shorsky came to studio. Yes. Stories for days. Nicest guy in the world. Really is, man. Really, really great show. No, the first time we had him on, it was just me. Last year when I had him on the show, it was just me and Joey. And that was it. And it was remote. And I had to do a remote. But I think you were still uh, out of town. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, Matt wasn't in. So, yeah, it was just me and me and the Chuckster talking and for like an hour and a half. Chris, awesome. who I was just talking to before we came on, said that was one of the first shows that he watched after joining CHGO mm. and still one of his favorite. Mm. He said you guys mm. did a great job. So yeah, go man. back and watch that one, too. Yeah, go back. watching yesterday's. Yeah, Chuck told me I was Shout amazing. out Chris. Love Chris. Shout yeah, out to Chris. Shout out to Chris, man. Shout out to Chris. But, yeah, man, like, this is... Do you, it beginning on October 2nd, you mentioned, isn't the norm usually for the Chicago It's not Bulls. like super atypical, but usually, like last year, I believe it was September 25th. It's typically that last week of September. And so it does feel a little bit late. Okay. Is it they just want to get to it? You feel like it's more of that? Like like you said, like October 8th is when everything is kind of kicking off. So it seems like pretty close Yeah, only together. one week of training camp. Uh, maybe, you know, they feel with all this continuity that they've built up over the last couple of years, they don't need as much training camp as before. Okay. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, we'll have to see what some of the other teams are doing in terms of when they start media day and training camp. Yeah. But you know, if they, I think it's interesting. The real interesting part to me is that they're going to Nashville. Correct. This is the first time that the bulls have ever gone. Yes. Not abroad, but somewhere else. Yes. For their training camp. We see other teams like the Lakers go to Hawaii. Um, You know, a handful of other teams every year go somewhere else. Yeah. But for the Bulls, they've always done it at the Advocate Center, right. at the Birdo Center. Right. And they've kind of, you know, KC was saying that they have had thoughts about doing it elsewhere, but they're actually doing it. And it'll be interesting to see what the effects of that are. There's right. not going to be as much media. It's just going to be them. They're going to be kind of hanging out together, doing everything together. And hopefully it will result in some good bonding, some good team chemistry and team building. Mm-hmm. Uh that you get probably more than when you go to practice and then you come home to your family after, you know, and, and then go back the next day. So they're going to be together this whole time. I think that can only lead to good things. You're building that continuity is what Continuity is. for the win. I'm curious as to why Nashville, like that's my whole thing. Like it just feels like a, a random uh, city to throw out. Like, where are you going to train at? Like, even when you say Hawaii for the Lakers, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. know, I understand that. So I'm curious as to why, Nashville and why, you know, at Belmont University. Like, I'm, I'm just curious as, as to why. Maybe it's like just because it's a big city relatively close that doesn't have an NBA team. Okay. Okay. That so nothing going on too much yeah. where people be at you like Some that? good food, good barbecue, Definitely some stuff that. to do. They can go out without it being like a big NBA town. I don't know. Yeah. That's just a guess. Dollywood. They can go over there, hang yeah. out. You Could know? be. Uh, where's Elvis? What's the place Elvis? What is Elvis's place, man? Uh, Graceland. Whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, Graceland is what it's called. Honky Tonk? Is that what you just said? Wow, dog. <laughs> Shout out to the Honky Tonk man who was a wrestler who dressed up like Elvis and he was a wrestler. Coach, he has a 
No, oh, you weren't close at all, sir. <laughs> you weren't close at all. I'm just saying a shout out to the Honky Talk Band. Sir. I think Graceland is in uh, Memphis, actually. I'm just looking that up. Completely. Oh, Nashville. It's gone. That's where all the record labels are, though. Nashville. That's where they all are at. Like a lot of country music record labels. and So you should like be going. That. It's a lot, of that. a lot of that out there, man. Nashville is awesome. Thank you, Drewish, for, for the Graceland. Uh, appreciate that. But yeah, I'm, I'm just mad curious with that. Um, also, Julian Phillips. Also, you know, on the University of Tennessee, kind of going back around his old okay. stomping grounds. You know what I mean? So maybe that has something to do with it, too. I don't know. I don't think you would uproot and move your team. Probably not. Just for a second round be. pick. I don't think you would do that. But I don't think it hurts him. You know what I mean? Going back to where you were just in college just to hang out and, you know, get that work in. But I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm a person who doesn't mind change at all. I'm, I just like to see what it does for them. Because uh, I think you're right, Will. Like, it just feels like a bonding experience kind of thing for the team. And especially a team that puts that kind of thing kind of high, you know, on their list. It's like team, you know, unity and continuity and those and things And they're going like to have that. to just, like, spend some time in a conference room, lock the doors, and try to figure this thing out. Because <laughs> yeah, they, they made some changes. They got some good additions. But, like, they still have a lot to work through. And hopefully this is a good mm-hmm. opportunity to do that. Um, downside for us is that we don't get to be going to practice every day. This is true. Uh, and checking in on injuries, checking in on players, yeah. what lineups are people using? So yeah. um, I imagine there will be some media there. I will make a push to get down there, but no promises. Um, so hopefully we'll see that. But yeah, I mean, basically media day week off and then straight to Milwaukee, straight to Milwaukee. We got to get to go down there for once or something like that, man. Uh, Jacob said, wonder who the country music fans are on the team. Dang, that's a really good question, actually. I would like to know that. Who listens to country music on the Chicago Bulls? Jimmy Butler. That's right. That's the only one I knew. That's the only one I knew was Jimmy Butler. Was wondering the same, Jacob, especially since Jimmy's uh, yeah, gone. There yes, you go. yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, mean, I don't I know. I read that small of uh, print. <laughs> I got you back, sir. I got you back. Roy Honky Tonk, man. Ferris was a great heel. Yes, the hell he was, sir. Awesome, awesome heel. Yes, he was. He was awesome and amazing. Great wrestler, dog. I loved it. All right, let's get on to more business, but having more to do, not with the Bulls, but had a lot of Bulls fans just a tad upset. Up in arms. <laughs> I can't believe Up it. Up in arms. Seems like anytime they don't get any free agent, Bulls fans are going to be upset about it. But this is one that was talked about a lot uh, coming and playing for the Chicago Bulls. But, of course, like many other things, he ends up playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, Joey, if you got that, could you put that up Lakers. for me? Uh, the one tweet there from the man that they call a woge tweeted out and said free agent center slash two-handed forward slash center Christian Wood has agreed to a two-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. The deal includes a player option. And we come to find out the deal was for two years, $5.7 million with the player option being in that second year. Well, for a guy that's averaging 16 and 7, and you know the skill that he has offensively, and still, you know, a young guy, you know, it feels like a really, really excellent deal for a team like the Lakers, who is just stockpiling guys. First of all, awesome graphic, Joey. I like that. It was very what clean. do you do? Uh, I like the way that you incorporated the tweet. It looked very clean. Um, yeah, I mean, this is basically the contract that Torrey Craig got. Mm. It's a two-year minimum with a player option, and... The first thing I want to emphasize is that it's a minimum, okay? A lot of people were yelling and screaming, the Bulls got this $10 million disabled player exception for Lonzo Ball. Let's throw it all at Christian Wood. Mm. Didn't need to do that. He signed for the minimum. 
Um, I was also listening to the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst. Shout out. And he mentioned that it was basically the Lakers or the Heat okay. for Christian Wood. And that he was kind of waiting on the Dame thing. Could they potentially get more for him after they kind of gut their their trove of young players to send to Portland mm-hmm. uh, so that he can come in and have like a bigger you know backup power forward center role with Dame and Bam and Jimmy. Um, but seems like he just didn't want to wait any longer, and so he went to the Lakers. He's going to be backing up AD and LeBron at the four. Lakers have had a great offseason. They really have. Adding guys like Torian Prince, uh, bringing back um, you know Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. They also got Jackson Hayes. So they've really added to their front line, and I think Christian Wood comes in as potentially the starting center if you want to move AD to the four, which is something that he has historically wanted to do. But I think at the Lakers' best, AD is the five, LeBron is the four, mm-hmm. and Christian Wood is coming off the bench to give you that really high-level per-minute box score production, Correct. which is what he's kind of known for. So, yes, uh, younger side, just about to turn 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, minimum contract, like there's been questions about him and his, you know, like the areas and the teams that he's been on. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason why he's not getting huge bags thrown at him because of the production. So we'll see how it goes, but um, I think this is a good landing spot. And I just don't see the bulls as ever having been a real threat. Am I, am I upset that the bulls didn't get him or do I think that the bulls would have benefited from getting him at the minimum? Absolutely. I think it would have been a great addition Mm -hmm. um, to where he could possibly outplay Drummond for the backup five. You could put him in some bigger lineups if you wanted to, because of his shooting ability but at the end of the day, the Bulls are already above the tax line. They're not going to make it even harder on themselves to get back below it. And he seemed like he had kind of made up his mind between Lakers and the Heat and ended up going to the Lakers. Yeah, I never thought he was going to be with the Bulls at all. Uh, even when we have these discussions about him, I was on the fence about him. I really was. I know the skill that this young man has. We understand. Absolutely. It. We understand the skill. Defensively, oh, man, not good. But still, a guy that can give you six, seven rebounds a game while giving you 15, 16 points is valuable in the NBA, especially coming off the bench. I could see where that happens. But it was it's that issue that the Bulls' biggest issue defensively is rim protection. And then you get a guy who doesn't possess that, that is going to be battling Andre Drummond to take those minutes, and that takes away some rim protection right there. I'm not saying Drummond is a rim protector, but getting a rebound is a stop. Yeah, And that's what he kind of does. So... I thought it I didn't I didn't really see the fit how it would work for the Bulls cuz I was just looking at it defensively. Offensively, absolutely it works, you know. And who knows? Like he could figure it out while he's here. Like it's easier to teach somebody some defense than it is some offense, you know, but you can just sit there and teach it to him and he'll figure it out. And Billy Donovan, you're bringing him into a team with a top 5 defense. Like he can't do nothing but learn and get better being around that. I don't see how that would hurt. And you may say well, Vooch isn't a good rim protector, and the Bulls had a good defense with him, so why not try to incorporate another guy who's not necessarily a great rim protector but could be a great scheme defender, could be a good team defender? And I think the, the thing with him is that he's just not a good positional defender either. Yeah. There are guys like Patrick Williams who you know, aren't going to be like playing drop coverage five mm-hmm. and like blocking two-and-a-half shots a game mm-hmm. at the rim, but he's really good at sliding over as a low man yeah. protecting the rim. Yes. Christian Wood is not that guy. He cannot switch on the perimeter, mm-hmm. um, but he's also not going to be in the right positions at the level of the screen in these uh, defensive schemes that Billy Donovan runs 
that have had the Bulls playing defense at such a high level. So I think that he would have set them back in that regard. Um, obviously, the Bulls need an offensive scoring boost, and he could have given that to you. But I don't know if it was... I just, yeah, I'm not like up in arms about it. Would it have been great for the minimum? He is sure. an abysmal defender. Like he, he couldn't yeah, get on the trash. he couldn't yeah. get on the floor for the Mavericks right. at the end of the season, and and they yeah. were trying to like they, they were throwing size. they were throwing yeah. anything at the wall to see what sticks, yeah. and he still is not like it. Just goes back to when Mike Malone said like specialists don't play in the playoffs. Like I just I mm. I don't see him as a guy that's contributing consistently in like a winning eight man rotation. And that's why I think he's in the right position now yeah, though, with agreed. the Lakers. Like, it's not on him to do anything. Like, anything he gives you is a plus out there in L.A. Yeah, we've seen how much the Lakers, especially with those two, can benefit just from having a couple capable right. scores, right. guys that could play without the ball. Like, you know, even the lift they got from Rui last year and, yeah. and when yep. Malik yeah. Beasley was hitting shots. And so it's another guy that could sort of come in, score, play off other guys, you know, and that's it. Yeah, you know? that's it. And like you said, a lot, lot of teams were passing on him. Like I see Throne had saying the Pistons passed on him. Enough said. And like, yeah, bad teams who needed talent. Yeah. Pistons, Rockets. Yeah. Like the Mavericks just absolutely stunk last Dude, year. They need and size. And they needed size. They needed shooting. Like their whole ethos was forget defense. We're going in on Kyrie. Yep. We're getting Christian Wood. And we're just going to outscore teams. Yep. And like Joey said, wasn't on the floor. Couldn't see the floor. Jason Kidd was just like, I'm through with this guy. We're done. So, yeah, but... We know what he can provide offensively. And, I, again, I think he's in the perfect situation, man. Like, And even if he has moderate success, you're in the right area for that because you do anything right on a LeBron team, let alone a Lakers team that's a LeBron team, that's going to help your profile, period. Like, that would be awesome for him to have happen. I did see one stat that was interesting to me. Shout out to Stat Muse. The, they had a list of players who, when they started, averaged 20 points and two blocks a game. It was Christian Wood and Anthony Davis. That's it. And now both of them are on the same team. And that's exactly what I think people get really excited about is those box score numbers that he is really good at producing. But we also know that the game is beyond the box score. Correct. Things have to happen from a team perspective, offensively and defensively, for a guy like this to warrant minutes. Yeah. And I think he is a good player. If the Bulls could like throw him in off the bench and say like, you know, when Vooch is out or injured or just sitting, like give him the ball and try to get a little burst of offense, that would have been fine. But like, is he comfortable in that role? Yeah. Does he view himself as a starter? Yes, um, he does. Who, he who knows? Does. Who knows what the situation is? But I think the Bulls have really prioritized in their locker room guys that are professional, that play to a role, that know what sacrifices they need to make in order to find a level of success. And we know that they haven't really hit that level as a group, but like, I don't think you can really argue, you know, that like guys aren't willing to play to a role. Caruso, Damar, like turning into more of a veteran leader while still being like the, you know, ISO guy when they need it. Zach has kind of oscillated between roles and sort of found oscillated found a groove as both a primary and secondary scorer. Vooch has really had to take, you know, we talk about like big threes building all the time. Sure. The third guy has to take a backseat, right? Yeah. It's the same with uh, LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. Bosh was the one that got the short end of the stick. I think sure. Vooch is in that role too, but he has, in this interview that he did recently with Jake Fisher, he talked about that and he basically said like, it's made me a better player and I know this is what I need to do. So um, 
I think it's just tough to insert those kind of guys into, and I don't even want to say those kind of guys because I don't know what kind of guy Christian Wood is. A guy who um, wants to be a starter who can't play defense. Yeah, but I think the <laughs> Bulls just need to be careful about not dropping any potential grenades into the locker room. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And the other thing I, I thought about a lot was, can you imagine a dude, another dude here who can't play defense coming out at the United Center and those fans seeing that? We're losing their minds, you know, on Christian Wood and going crazy on him. So I don't think they wanted to now, subject him to that either. If Booch gets injured this year, yeah, you're maybe looking back at this moment and thinking, man, probably should have gotten Christian Wood because then you're splitting time between Drummond and Wood and maybe something works out there. But um, I think I will only look back at it if depending on what Drummond does. What, only, that's the only thing I'll make me look back at. It. If Drummond comes out and he's just consistently – below average then i would be like damn but if he's just drumming the drumming i know like he, good and bad i'm saying like because you're gonna get the bad with the good with drumming but if he's just who he was or if even if he was early on drum remember drumming early on to start the season was awesome with Dragic. he was awesome all right yeah. until he went down with that shoulder injury and then that kind of changed everything about him including his free throw shot like that kind of changed it all for him if i get that drumming and that's who i gotta get if if Vooch, god forbid has an injury, and that's the guy I get out there, I'm going to be okay with any decision that has been made as far as the center position with the Bulls. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to dive into it, ladies and gentlemen. Who has the most to prove in that starting lineup for the Chicago Bulls? We'd love to hear what you all have to say on it as well. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up. Thank you about that compliment, sir. My brother said the same thing before I walked out the door. Nice kicks. That's exactly what he said to me. So appreciate that. Thank you very much. Those are nice. Thank you. Goat makes three. Goat approved. <laughs> Make sure you get that thumbs up, y'all. Give us the thumbs. All the thumbs that you got. Hand them to us because we love them. Brought to you by Splash Sports. CHGO has a weekly pick X and NFL survivor contest for everyone to participate. This is true for real money. You heard what I said. Real dinero, real cash, real cheddar, all of that. You can participate in that. How do I do that, Big Day? Well, let me tell you. Head to splashsports.com slash CHGO and sign up. Deposit cash to get started. And it's just 10 bucks to enter, y'all. 10 of them things to get up in all of this awesomeness. The CHGO Weekly NFL Pick X Contest and the CHGO's Survivor Contest. The more who enter, the larger the prize, y'all. We'll be running weekly contests all year, so be sure to keep that link handy. Now, if you want to run your own contest, tired of being the commissioner on leagues, chasing people down with none of the reward, which is why I was never the commissioner of my league, then you can sign up as a commissioner through this link, through our link, and earn money for the contest you already running with your friends and your family and people you don't like, but you just like playing fantasy football with them. Head to SplashSports.com slash C-H-G-O to join. We all have different contests coming out, so we are stoked to compete with and against all of y'all, man. Just saying, we're just going to be happy playing with y'all and whooping y'all is what we're basically saying. You know, but if you you can compete, come on and step up. Let's see what you got. Be sure to click the link in the description below. And of course, I must talk about the grand reopening. 
of my main man, Ray. Chef Hate out in Fox Lake. Grand reopening, man. He said the grand opening wasn't good enough. He got to do it again. Run it back. So get your ducks in a row because it's the grand reopening of Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake. Flock in September 9th and celebrate our Get Duck event. That is an awesome, awesome day. With free prizes. <laughs> it really is. With free prizes and your chance to win $1,000. Plus, during Jeep Adventure Days, get employee pricing on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. I actually, when I was getting gas today, I saw a Jeep Gladiator in red right next to me. That's a damn good looking car, bro. <laughs> like, damn. Really, really nice. Really nice. The grand reopening of Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake is only on September 9th. But the savings are all month long. All month. Find new roads and let those roads lead you to Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Hey, you. Get ducked. <laughs> he was ready. Look how proud he is. I just like Joey when he does this. Because the pride on his face when he does these things, like, nailed it. <laughs> I love when you, in the Splash uh, Sports read, uh-huh. when you were like, we're stoked to play you. You got to hit him with the little surfer voice. I love that. That's the only you way. I didn't only catch that, but that. I did. I oh, did. thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's the only way I hear stoked. You're stoked, we're man. Stoked to play against stoked. you. Stoked. Stoked, bro. Are you in any fantasy leagues, football? Uh... No football leagues. No football. Yeah, I know basketball. Basketball, sure. yes. Football, sure. no. Football, no. Okay. I'm in one. Unless anybody wants to invite me tonight because there's games tomorrow. Yes, it games tomorrow. The CSGO League. Wait, you're not in one fantasy football league? No. I don't you're know. You're not in I one fantasy football league. Zero space but you are in my the. Brain from for anything outside of basketball. You are the Adam Silver of fantasy basketball commissioners, <laughs> but you don't play one fantasy football Does league. Does Adam That's Silver commission NFL? Ooh. No, but I'm just saying you're such a natural fantasy commissioner. I'm a basketball. great commissioner if I do say so myself. Mm, that's the first time I've heard him give himself a compliment since I've known him. It's the, that's what it was. It's the basketball commissioner. All right. That's my calling in life. That's your- <laughs> to be a fantasy basketball commissioner. <laughs> and he does a damn good I'm job. I'm shooting for the stars, ladies and gentlemen. He that's is good. Right. He's respectful, uh-huh. but he's on top of everyone. He's like, Joey, I know you've been busy, but I need you to pay your dues. Mm. It's not a problem, but you need to do it today. Mm. <laughs> Stern, respectful <laughs> to the point. Do you call him Mr. Gottlieb? <laughs> Commissioner Gottlieb. I apologized. Commissioner Gottlieb. And I paid my dues immediately. <laughs> he doesn't want to get that stern warning again from the commish. Commissioner Gottlieb, ladies and gentlemen. Respect him. I'm going to get him a shirt that says that, by the way. Respect him. Also, I was literally going to bed last night. as <laughs> was laying in my bed. And I was like shot awake because there was a bright light and it was my going? phone lighting up okay. at 11.45 p.m. Will texting me about potential fantasy basketball <laughs> trades. First of all, why I'm are you coming. sleeping at 11.45? I was tired. Come I'm, on, man. I'm you constantly thinking about trades. Yeah, always. I love trades. I was tired I last night. Team. Okay, all right, all right. It happens. It happens. I'm usually, I, usually I am a little bit of a nocturnal. Yeah. Owl, you know, when the season's going on, we're getting back okay. late. We'd still be in studio. One at more that month point. of early night sleeps, and then we're we're here. <laughs> late night, baby, watching the Bulls. Oh, he can't wait. <laughs> the joy, the joy on his face, man. Well, let's get into talking about these Chicago Bulls a little bit, man. Um, I wanted, I was having actually having this debate yesterday, which is kind of where this topic kind of came up from. Was organic. Who, <laughs> who is, who, who has to prove something? Who has the most to prove on this team? For the Chicago Bulls. So I kind of broke it down 
into starters and bench players. What starter and what bench player has the most to prove on the Chicago Bulls? So, again, this is assuming any starting lineup of who you feel is going to be starting because people have different ones. Some people have Torrey Craig. Some people have uh, Kobe White, you know, or Javon Carter, whoever you have in, in your starting lineup. This is just assuming whatever one that you feel is going to be the starting lineup for the Bulls. So, based on that, who do you feel has the most to prove in that starting lineup for the Chicago Bulls? I got a feeling you and I agree. I think so. I think we agree, and I think we agree on Zach Levine. We agree? We agree on young Zachary, sir. And I hate to be a person who even brings this up because it annoys me to no end (laughs) when people are like, he's got to prove he can be a winner. Okay. And it's like... There's five guys on the court. There's yeah. a team of 15 guys. Like one dude. That was a great pack impression. By the way. <laughs> a pack impression was? of a dumb. He's got to prove he's got to be a winner. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. That was exactly yeah. what I was going for. Joey letting him ride. <laughs> uh, Zach is not a losing player. Zach has been in bad situations. Yeah. And so that is not what I'm talking about here. But what I am talking about is can he do what is necessary as an on-ball player as an, and as an off-ball player on the offensive end to elevate this team. Mm-hmm. I think he is clearly the, the most talented scorer on this team. Uh, obviously, what we see from DeMar, and when I say talented, I, what I really mean is like versatile. Yeah, He can score in a variety of different ways, and I think he has proven that he can be a number one option. Mm-hmm. I think he has proven that he can be an absolutely elite off-ball option, whether it's coming off of pin downs for catch-and-shoot opportunities, uh, you know, attacking closeouts as a secondary pick-and-roll guy, or back-cutting uh, if, if there's willing passers uh, at the top of the key. I think he can do all those things, but I think he needs to find the right balance, and I think the Bulls need to find the right balance for him to where he can really maximize there. Because I think he, like, DeMar, you're, you're only going to be so bad with... DeMar in your roster, right? Like, you're never going to be a tanking team. You're always going to be, like, in that mix, whether it's, like, you know, the play-in or low-end play-in, high-end play-in. That's going to be your range if DeMar's your best player. Zach is the ceiling raiser on this group. And so I think what he needs to do in order to be the best ceiling raiser that he can be is really operate within both of those. And I think at times last year during the second half, he was like, I'm taking over. DeMar's not fully healthy. This is my time. I'm going to be the on-ball guy. And I think there have been times where he's been really successful as an off-ball guy, coming off screens, like I mentioned, uh, playing secondary offensive initiator to DeMar. And I think he needs to be able to, like, flip between those a little bit more seamlessly. And I think that's really going to elevate the Bulls, where they're not doing your turn, my turn. It's like they're running an offensive play for Zach or between Zach and DeMar and like because Zach can play off ball or play on ball here, you're causing way more confusion and chaos for the defense. And I think that's really where Zach is going to be at his best. And I think him being fully healthy, hopefully DeMar being fully healthy and being in a third year together, those two guys especially can really learn to play off of one another really well. And I think mm-hmm. unfortunately for Zach, it has to be him that is the more malleable one because he has that versatile skill set that yeah. DeMar doesn't have, right? Not like there, DeMar's right. not going to be spotting up in the corner. Mm-hmm. Zach needs to be the one that utilizes more of his versatile skill set to be able to complement DeMar, but also allow DeMar to complement him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are bars right there. And 
you're absolutely right because I did not think I had that much to say about that. Hey, bro, that's how it happens, man. But he, I really can't think of anything he can't do on the offensive end. Yeah, he does you know, everything. He does every single thing, and he either does it above average or just really awesome. Elite. You know, it, yes. My thing, and just to go back, he's not a winner. It's not, I don't have no concern about him in the regular season. Zero. I, he's proven that, like, time and time again. Like, every year he's, like, almost a 50-40-90 guy. Every year. Like my friend said, it's to the point where it's boring now. <laughs> you know, it's all the time. It's the, it's the playoffs. And, of course, a lot of that isn't him. It, like you said, the teams that he's been on, you know, he doesn't not win four games in a row his whole NBA career because of him. He's been on a bunch of trash teams. Like, he's been in bad situations. The first time he was in a good one, they actually went to a playoffs, you know, for his very first time. Those are literally the only playoff stats you would have on Zach Levine. It was his first time there. Now, granted, he wasn't even fully healthy when he was there. Absolutely not. Definitely had that knee injury going on. And, and thumb and COVID. Correct. Again, that dude had COVID like three times. It was wild. But I believe he averaged, what, 19, 6, and 5. He did not have a good playoff series. He didn't. He didn't. Statistically speaking, No, 19, 6, not. and 5, shooting 37% from yeah, three. That's, that's was not like good enough. It was like a minus 41. Not good enough. And again, I'm, I'm taking into account the injuries and everything that was going on with him. But still, I think Zach Levine, just knowing him, and you obviously know him a little better. You're around him much more. But just from knowing him and the kind of person he is, he holds himself to a really higher standard. So he won't accept that I was injured kind of thing. He wants to be great. Just let me go prove I myself. want to be, right, exactly. I want to be the man. I want to show everybody I am that dude. It feels like every year he's he's been trying to prove that ever since he came back from that knee injury. I, prove, I have to prove to you I'm healthy enough. I have to prove to you I'm worth this contract that people thought was crazy, but we kept telling you wasn't. I have to prove to you I can be an all-star. I have to prove to you that I can be a leader of this team. It feels like he keeps doing that. This year... I want him to just be like, dude, I'm better than everybody. We know I am. Let me go out here and show it to you. And I think what I'm trying to say is that I know because we've seen that Zach can be that guy. Mm -hmm. Like the Bulls weren't good enough last year to make the playoffs, but like Zach proved that he could be the number one guy on the team. Mm -hmm. He's proven that before DeMar, and I think now he's proven it with DeMar. He's also proven that he can be an incredibly lethal secondary guy. Yeah. Not even secondary, but 1B. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that in order for the Bulls to make the next jump as a team, Zach has to be able to do both of those things seamlessly. Mm. And he needs to be able to play off of DeMar, and DeMar needs to be able to play off of him. Because I think that's where like this winning thing comes from. It's like, Zach's not willing to do what it takes for the Bulls to win. And I think whether or not that's true... like. Those, to me, are the things that will elevate the Bulls, and yeah. I think that's what I want to see Zach really succeed at. I think he's willing to do it, but can he do it at a high enough level? Exactly. Can he take a, a step forward exactly. in that area? Because we know he can do both. We've exactly. seen it. Um, and that's what I want to see, Will, and it's all about that postseason to me. Um, even I think that will about, lead to postseason success more than anything else. But even, even going back to the play-in, that first game against Toronto, it's funny how nobody speaks about that game. Then when I talk to people about it, everybody goes to Miami immediately. Recency and, bias. You know, everybody's like, dude, he sucked in that Miami game. I was like, nobody talks to him. See him put me. up 30 against Toronto? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you see how he did it? You know what I mean? The, just coming down the court, pulling up threes on you? It was inside, literally outside. a masterclass from uh, DR DeRozan <laughs> when Zach Levine. <laughs> yes, it was. That's who got us the victory out there. Zach, and especially in the second half. Zach was unstoppable. And, and I mean, when they had to have it. 
when they needed those shots and he needed those buckets, Zach Levine was like, give me the ball. It wasn't DeMar. It was Zach Levine, like, telling you, in DeMar's old place, give me the damn ball. I got this, man. And he went out there and he proved that, which I thought it would be a back and forth kind of thing because I'm like, okay, he did it this night. It would be DeMar the next night kind of thing. And That's like, kind of how I looked at it. The Toronto thing is a great example of what I'm talking about. DeMar was getting double teamed, as yeah. he typically does. Yeah. So what does that do? That leaves Zach in a one-on-one -on -one scenario where he can really take advantage of anybody who's guarding him. Exactly. And it's the same thing where if they trap Zach, then DeMar's going to have a one-on-one -on -one situation. And I think like the continuity thing is what it is, but like those two guys at this point need to know how to take advantage of those situations. They know, need to know how to read it. And they know way more than I ever will. But I think that's the key to, the, to unlocking the Bulls' offense, which has struggled over the past two years. Yeah. Uh, see, equal being saying Zach is what he is after 10 years. I don't know, man. There's still something there. I mean, if I felt that, then I don't think he would be an all-star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or what he is, that kind of guy right now. I still think there's something else Even left that he Zach... needs to unlock that we haven't seen yet. And that's kind of what I'm I'm talking to. And, and for me, it's, it's the postseason. That's the only thing I've yet to see it unlock. Zach is great. Like, I don't even understand that point. I'm like, if that's who he is, a dude who's almost a 50, 40, 90 guy after 10 years, give me that dude every single damn day. I'm talking about postseason. That's all That's all I need to see it in. And that a team has to get you there, of course. The team has to get you there. But once that team gets you there, then I want to see Zach be like, okay, I got this now. Let me run it like he did in Toronto. And I think being able to take on both of those roles will help him get there to the playoffs. And I think if he's able to buy into that, that will take the Bulls to new heights. True, true. Uh, Joey, if you could throw back, a couple of people had some other answers uh, about who it is that started. I saw a lot of Pat Williams and saying Pat Williams. Uh, Joel Hernandez saying most approved starter is the Paul. The most approved player, uh, most bench player to prove the Paul. <laughs> it is a weird one. Uh, Throne hat agreeing with Will the Go Gottlieb saying agreed. Zach has the most to prove as far as leading the offense, taking over games. I think DeMar has to take the biggest step back to Zach and Vucevic and use DeMar situationally. And I guess that situationally means fourth quarter. Like, that's when he balls out. But you, you know, let Zach do what Zach does. Um, do you want to see Zach, Will, like, kind of stake the claim? Like, I'm that dude? Because I kind of feel like I saw it more in that second half. If I'm just speaking from, like, a fan meathead perspective right now. I don't. That's kind of what I'm saying. I mm -hmm. don't want to have him just go out there and say, like, F it, I'm the guy, everybody else be damned. Like, yeah. he needs to be able to agree. be that guy when he needs to be, yep. but also be the one B option when he needs to be. Mm -hmm. I think learning how to operate and understand when to be each of those things is going to help him be a lot better. Mm. For me, I've seen what he can do as a one A, yeah. but that can only take you so far if you're not willing to do what else is necessary. So for me, it's, it's about doing both of those things. Mm. Uh, Eco being saying who has the most approved visible starter. He feels it's Kobe white on the bench. He has Dalen Terry and IO Desumu. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, the starting lineups can differ, differentiate because nothing's been set in stone right now. So he feels it, it's, it's going to be on Kobe. So, yeah, a lot of lot of different uh, answers right here. A lot of Pat, a lot of Zach, a lot of Kobe, man. I, I like this, man. Thanks for getting in tune with us on that. When we return, we will deal with the bench. Who has the most to prove coming up off of that bench, ladies and gentlemen? We shall find out. But first, it's beer time. It's the Goose Island Beer Company. 
CHGO is supported by the Goose Island Beer Company since 1988. That is Jordan year leaping from the free throw. And of course, that roster that they got is ridiculous. The 312 Weedell, the full pocket Pilsner, which is the favorite of myself and young Matt Peck. Of course, that Beer Hub family led by the Herb Lawrence, that 9.9% one that they got, which is ridiculous. But now, since my favorite season is on the way, which is fall, it is time for Oktoberfest. Oh, nothing wrong with a seasonal beer of Oktoberfest, y'all. And you can get one of those from Goose Island, and it is delicious. So grab their ultra fresh beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. It's the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer, the true taste of Chicago. I got an email from uh, Baby Joey about uh, you, Will. Does uh, Uncle Joey know how much we've been talking about Baby Joey? I hope he does. You understand that? We talk about him all the time. Some never so understood. It's the one thing I do understand. understand. It's the one thing he gets. It's the one thing he feels. He gets. Uh, he wants to know if you're going to need a ride to uh, Nashville. He got you covered. I would love a ride to Nashville. Better yet, a plane ticket, because that's an eight-and-a-half-hour drive. Oh, you know, Baby Joey got that pool, man. Yes, he does. He could get that private jet for you. I'm just saying. He could have got that kind of pool, man. That's news to me. Of course it is, because it's baby Joey. What do you mean? It's always news to all of us. He's on an email. You didn't even know that. Send the emails. This is all news to you, man. Joey didn't understand. He never understood. Neither did baby Joey. He ain't get it either. Will don't get it. I don't get it. And Shady Rays don't get it either. They don't understand. So they set out to do something about it. Shady Rays, y'all, is that independent sunglasses company offers that world-class product is just as good as any expensive pair you've ever put on your sexy face. The durable frames, the extreme clear optics for your outdoor and your indoor adventures. The go tell me that's a word. That's not all. Matt Peck lost and broke replacement plan, y'all. Say you toss that hat. It goes splat. All dang, drat. I broke my glasses in half. But then you can remember you take them, put them back in an envelope, send them back to Shady Rays. They will send you a brand new pair for free. No questions asked. Or if you saw the goat in Nashville walking around with them shades on and you like, God dang, look at the quaffness in the sun and look at how the Shady Rays look so cool off him. You know what? I'm going to buy a cowboy hat and I'm going to go get some of these Shady Rays just like he has. And then you get back and you realize you made two bad decisions because you tried to look like the goat and you cannot do that. But since Shady Rays has an awesome line of glasses, you can go on their website, find the ones that fit you better, send the ones that you bought trying to look like the goat, send them on back, they'll send you that pair that fits you better. And as long as you do it within 30 days, you get it for free. Their team always has your back, y'all. So, exclusively for the listeners out there, Shady Rays is giving away their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code CHGO for 50% off the two Plus pairs of premium polarized shades. Try it for yourself. Mm, he wasn't ready. But he Usually was. You throw it to me. Go had him on there. I didn't throw it to you yesterday either. You just knew. Try it for yourself. <laughs> shades that are rated five stars. Well, over 250,000 people because the shady rage y'all would have raised are just oh so damn shady. All right. Um, let's talk about who has to prove it off of the bench. The bench players for the Chicago Bulls. And again, just like the starters, nothing set in stone uh, as far as the bench players are concerned. We'll find out, obviously, when the season uh, gets gets here. We'll find out exactly who will be coming off the bench. But I think we have uh, diff- different answers on this one, uh, Will. Who do you feel has the most to prove 
for the Chicago Bulls coming off of that bench. This is kind of a cheeky one, but it's Ooh, for cheeky. me it's Patrick Williams because Ooh, that is cheeky. Not because I think that there's no way he's going to be the starter. Uh-huh. But I think he needs to prove that he should be the starter. Okay, go on. Because when you look at what the Bulls did last season to end the year when they were as successful as they were all season. Yes. When they went 14 and 9 down the stretch as everybody likes to know. <laughs> who was starting at power forward? That's right. It was Alex Caruso. It was. The first team all-defensive guard, <laughs> Alex Caruso. <laughs> and I think that the Bulls found something that they know really works. When you have two elite defensive players yes. around Zach, Damar, and Vooch, you can make crazy things happen. They were the first, they were first in defensive rating after the All-Star break. So I think they understand that recipe. They bring in Javon Carter, presumably to be the starter in place of Patrick Beverly. It did rhyme. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. And I think that either Torrey Craig or Alex Russo have just as good, if not a better shot at being the starting four than Patrick. Maybe Caruso isn't to start the year because they're trying to monitor his minutes and manage injuries. Mm-hmm. But to have Torrey Craig, I think any three of those guys could be the starter. And I think that gives Patrick a 33 or 66% chance to not be. And that, to me, that's where he has to prove it. Mm. He has to be so good. We, we said this with Chuck yesterday, and I 100% agree. He has to be so good that Billy cannot afford to have him on the bench. Yeah. And like that's a big prove it to me. Yeah. What does he need to do in order to be that? He needs to be an aggressive three-point shooter. He needs to continue to develop as an on- and off-ball defender. And he needs to be more aggressive driving the ball, getting to the rim, drawing fouls, like taking advantage of opportunities when guys are loading up on Zach, Tamar, and Vooch. Mm-hmm. He has to prove he can do that. We know... Guys like Caruso and Torrey Craig can do that in their own way, whether it's shooting, whether it's cutting, uh, whether it's just being like an elite on-ball defender. We know those guys can do it. What can Pat do to prove that Billy Donovan cannot afford to have him on the bench? Mm. Mm. All right. Those are bars right there, sir. Personally, I I'm think in my Pat, bag today. Yes, you are, sir. I, I like that. I think Pat has to start. Like, and, but that kind of goes back to what you're saying. And I'm hoping he does. Yeah, but that goes back but to what you're saying. To prove that's that. what I'm saying. Like, exactly. that's what I mean. Like, you got to prove it and take it. It's got to be yours. You're right. Yeah, you're not wrong, Goat. You're absolutely right on that. Um, for me, it's Ayo Desumu. I got Ayo. And how can I explain this? I think big bag you for know, Io this summer, but he left his wallet in the car. <laughs> I think you know what you're getting out of a Kobe White, and I know what I'm getting out of Alice Caruso. I don't think we know completely yet what I'm getting out of Ayo Desumu. And what I mean is this: Kobe White, even though he got his money and he's all that, I know Kobe's going to score. I know what Kobe's going to do, and Kobe has the opportunity to start. All right, Alex Caruso, we know what he's getting out of Alex Caruso, that first team all defensive guy who also might be in a running to start. You know what I mean? And even Javon Carter, I got an idea about what I'm getting out of him. He's going to play defense. He's going to be a bulldog there, and he's going to shoot the three consistently well, and he's going to be solid at running an offense, okay? And again, a guy who also might be starting. Ayo Nesuma is the only one out of that that I can't say any of those things about. Um, cause I, and that's not to say he doesn't have it and he's not skilled. We just honestly don't know because of the depth at that position right there. Anytime we talk about guards on this team, he's not he's always the last name that I've heard mentioned when people are mentioning guards. I'll be like, well, what about Ayo? People always say, Oh yeah, Ayo. I forget about Ayo. He was the last one signed. You know what Zach, I'm saying? To sign Javon, that deal. Kobe, Caruso. Yeah. Number five, Ayo. And that's it. 
He's always that guy. And again, the last one signed uh, with that with the Bulls getting that contract, and was the one that was most surprising. People were surprised. Like, oh, man, he signed back. And why were they surprised? Because of the depth on the team at that position. That's why everybody was a little shocked that he came back. I was happy he came back because I, I want, in my head, I want him to be that guy who doesn't, who is positionless like Alex Caruso. But again, you got a guy who does that better in Alex Caruso. You know what I'm saying? So I think Ayo has to prove the same thing you were talking about with uh, Patrick Williams. You have to make it hard on the coach to be like, dude, you ain't forgetting me. I don't care what everybody else thinking about me. You're not forgetting me. You're going to have to play me. Same way he felt that way his rookie season. He was like, no, I got to play this dude. I don't care. And he didn't even have a great summer league or whatever or a or, uh, uh, preseason and all that stuff. But he was like, no, you've got to play. And I'm going to play you starting from game one. And it was nothing but success. To the point where when Lonzo went down, you know what? You're the starting guard. Period. It wasn't even a real competition. It was like, Ayo Desumu, you're the starting point guard for this team. It's yours. Now coming into this season, what is it? You know, what do you point to and say, this is what is yours. This is what you've got to have. He's got to go out here and earn it now because of the competition at that position, that run. He's got to go prove that now for the team, man. And I think he will. This isn't me saying that I think he won't because I really do think he will, man. He kind of thrives on that kind of thing, man. He likes pressure and he likes being put in those positions just from talking to him, you know, and seeing how he's come up, you know, even from Morgan Park all the way to Illinois. It's always been something for him to prove. You know what I mean? When he got drafted, he talked about having a chip on his shoulder because he was drafted 38 in the second round. He didn't like that either. So he come in with, with that on his shoulder. So now you've got to prove that we can't not have you on the floor. That has to be proven. And it, I feel like it's also a shorter leash, too, because of the depth. Yeah. So it's he like. You don't have as much opportunity. Correct. And so if you're making that mistake, I think Billy's going to yank you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, man. Like, not today. We got to get this win. You got to come sit next to me for a little bit. He, I think he has a lot, of prove, lot to prove in that sense. Now, when those small ball lineups come out there and those things like that, I think he'll have that opportunity to shine playing the one, the two, or the three because of the arm, the length of this dude, you know what I'm saying? And it's how he allows that to happen in all three of those positions. He can get away with that. But he has to find a way where Billy is like, I have to play this guy. I cannot leave him on the bench. That's what he has to prove. And I think the other thing is like, I know everybody says they don't like to make excuses, but like that's exactly what Billy and AK and Eversley have been saying about Io is he got off to a really hot start, but now he's on the scouting report. So like of course he's going to not succeed as much. It's like, okay, well, you're an NBA player. If you want to play, you got to have counters. Yeah. That's the whole game. How can you beat the person in front of you? And I'm not saying I can't do that. Right. But like, this is year three. If you're saying that the first year was him catching everybody off guard and the second year was everybody catching back up to him, what's he going to do to now put himself in an advantage situation again? Right. Correct. And the answer is, I'm not sure yet. You're right. I think he's got skills. I think there are ways that he can do that. But he's got to prove what they are. And so I, I think that's a great answer. Um, and I think, like I said, I was more than capable of being that guy. And, like, I could see a world where he really develops and really improves his game. And now he is the starting guard again. Yeah, exactly. I could definitely but see a world where he needs to prove happens. that. And he needs he to, prove to prove it. that he's capable of coming with that counter, of adding those elements to his game to where, like you're saying, he needs to be out there. Yeah. And again, the consistency at the three-point shot has to be there as well. It's got to be that's what really kept him on the floor his rookie Zach year. Zach Vooch. Mm -hmm. It's got to be getting the ball ahead in transition. 
It's got to be getting all the way to the rim, drawing fouls, yeah. defending at a high level, being mm-hmm. switchable. Uh, it's got to be all those things. Yeah. And I think he's got all those things in his game, but he You've needs to sharpen it. them. And then you start to add more tools and elements and scoring Correct. weapons. Correct. Because we've seen those flashes, man. Like, he has those flash plays, like dunking on Giannis. You know what I'm saying? That block on Kevin Durant. Like, he has those flash plays when he's out there. But, yeah. But it, that depth is 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 a thing at that position right now. So, let's see if he can, you know, play himself, you know, where Billy has to play him. Like, no matter what, I'm playing you this game. I don't care how many minutes, but you have got to be – in the game uh let's see what you guys are saying uh jacob agrees saying io is got to be io um and saying pat has to play with energy he has to show he cares i think he does to be real with you but i agree with the energy but i think he actually cares um andrew saying please not caruso and power forward hill guard threes and damar will be hidden trying to protect the paint and defensive rebound, we've seen that movie, and it's no bueno. I don't think um, you've seen that movie. <laughs> it's a top five defense. That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't think you saw. I don't think bueno. you stay for the whole movie, my guy. You know what I mean? You got to stay for the whole film, bro, because when it ended, that defense was pretty damn good, and Caruso is the reason why that defense was pretty damn good, man. No uh, bueno. No bueno, man. Uh, Joe is saying Caruso at power forward is actually good, though. It. It is like it, it, it's not a bad thought. So when he brings that up, it's Positions legitimate. Aren't real guys? Positions aren't real. They're not. <laughs> they're not real, man. They're just not real. They're just not a real thing. Is there any um anybody else you feel will that has to prove whether it's starter or or bench? That is there another player that you just feel that has something that they have to prove this season for the Bulls? I think like maybe not a player specifically, but like. The big three has a lot to prove. Ooh. Um, whether it's playing off of each other or just like succeeding at a high enough level to justify re-signing Booch and like probably gonna have to do the same thing again next summer with Damar. Like they are the the Bulls front office has Zach under contract for four more years, Booch under contract for three more years, and Damar is a free agent after this season. Right. They need to prove that this is worth continuing around because mm-hmm. there's already a lot of questions, justifiably so. But if you're telling me in a year's time, we've just seen another, you know, 500 give or take season with, you know, a couple of playing games or maybe a first round exit, you know, gentleman sweep type of situation. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to go and re-sign DeMar again. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to see some proof that this thing can actually work because... They like to say, and by that I mean the front office likes to say that they believe in this group more than the negative people, the naysayers. Mm-hmm. What is it that they see that everybody else seems to be missing? Because from our perspective, it's a missed playoff run. It's getting gentlemen swept in the first round against the Bucks, And it's a negative net rating over two full seasons. Mm-hmm. So what did those three guys need to do to prove that it's worth continuing on this road? Because... It does not seem like our teardown is coming anytime soon. And it does not seem like the Bulls are going to get what they want to get for Zach. And it does not seem like the Bulls are going to just let DeMar walk for nothing. So something's got to give. What is it? Mm. Joey, anybody that you feel uh, needs to prove it on this Bulls team, whether they're a starter or coming off the bench? Mine's Patrick Williams. Um, Just for a lot of the reasons we named, but I'm sort of getting to that point. Like, I think Patrick is is going to be in the league for a long time and can be a productive player. Um, But, like, I'm a believer that 
you got to show it in the first couple of years if you're going to be a real, real impact, high-level, highly paid player. And I think we're already on the latter end of him, you know, getting to the end of that runway in terms of showing sort of who he is. And I think that this year is is going to be sort of a make-or-break year. And, you know, I I just, you know, if, if it's year four and it's another just really passive and eight and a half, nine points per game and, and just looks the same out there, I'm just, I'm going to struggle holding out hope for next year that anything's going to change because it just, it's, that's where it's, it's starting to feel stagnant. So I want to see some real development and a big step forward for Patrick. Yeah, I think people want, and that's a great point. Um, I think people want the splash from Patrick. Cause honestly, I think he's a really good player. Like, and the numbers kind of back that up. If you're going inside the numbers, it kind of backs that up. If he but doesn't that get any better, has to be there for him. Like he's got to make that, that, that splash, man. Like people have to point to something like it has to be simple. Everybody isn't in the metrics. You know what I mean? In the game, some people just turn on their television and they're like, okay, I could point to that and say, this guy's good. And this guy's bad. And that's really what they want out of Patrick Williams. Allow, allow to simplify it for me. Two plus two has to equal four for people. They don't want to do long division on Patrick Williams. They just want some simplicity. This is the same exact conversation we had with Patrick last summer. This is going to be a big year. He's got a lot to prove. Can he take a jump? Like, I don't want to be sitting here next summer having the same conversation. I think if Patrick does the exact same thing that he does, that he did last year, Mm -hmm. he's going to be a productive player that will have a 10-year career in the NBA. He's already a very good 3 and D player at a premium position with premium size and athleticism. Mm -hmm. Teams are going to want that. Teams are going to pay up for that. But the Bulls didn't draft him number four to be a 3 and D player. Correct. And not to say that fourth overall draft picks can't just be role players like DeAndre Hunter comes to mind uh, as a fourth overall pick who is really just kind of a three and D guy. Like, is that the worst outcome for him? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you're expecting. So I'm not saying Patrick has to be better just because he was the fourth pick, but I do think he has some more creation upside. I do want to see it. Um, but I'm also like, given the situation with this team of trying to win every game of doing what they have to do to in order to win, which is give the ball to Zach and Damar and get out, get out of their way. Yeah. I wonder how much opportunity Pat is going to have. And I think that's where this narrative that Mark and I have certainly been pushing is like, even if Patrick doesn't score 20 points a game next year, there are ways he can be really productive offensively. And I want to see those things mm-hmm. because that is a building block. Mm. And I think offensively, that's where right. he needs to, that's like the next step. And you got to take one step before you can take like three or four. Correct. Correct. Absolutely true. All right, y'all. That's about our time. Thank y'all for hanging out with us, man. This was a great conversation. I really enjoyed that. Tomorrow, we'll be back. We're going to have some fun tomorrow. We're going to have a great time. We'll be back here in this awesome studio, B, hanging out with the goat over here and with Joey back there, y'all. So y'all come on back and holler at us tomorrow. We will be here and maybe talk to you how excited I am because football is happening tomorrow. God dang it. This is awesome. Oh, this is my favorite time of year. You follow this man over here at Will Underscore Godly. Follow that guy back there at Joey Spathis. I am Big Dave. Follow me at Bow Sports. We'll catch you guys tomorrow, 4 p.m. Central Time. We'll be here. Peace and love. <laughs>